0: Well, church, today's message is so important because we need to remind ourselves that we are children of God and that we don't want to do anything in our lives that is going to be an embarrassment or is going to bring shame to our Heavenly Father. And so, this is such a big message today. We've been digging into the book of Daniel and we've been discovering over the past five weeks how Daniel made a difference while living in a world that did not share his values. He's been living in Babylon. He was taken captive out of uh, his Jewish nation. He was brought into Babylon. They had vastly different values than the values that he was raised up with. And yet in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of all these contradictions, in the midst of Babylon, he lived a life in such a way that, that he honored God. And today, we've talked about how we often find ourselves living in a modern-day Babylon, that the world's values, the culture that we live in, often don't match up to our values. And we've been answering, they're asking the question, how do we live a life that honors God in the midst of this culture that we find ourselves in. And each week we've looked at a different character trait that Daniel uh, displayed. And today we're going to look at yet another character trait. It's such an important character trait. It's the character trait of integrity, of doing the right thing when no one else is watching. And I learned, I learned personally about integrity when I was in the sixth grade. And we lived, my family had moved into Orlando, Florida, uh, into a suburb of Orlando, Florida called Winter Springs. And we moved into this brand new neighborhood, and homes were being built all around us. And and so it was a 12-year-old kid's dream come true because every construction site was my playground. Every construction site was my new fort. Every construction site was my supplier for all the wood and stuff that I needed to build a fort in my backyard. Like it was just a 12-year-old's dream come true. And, uh, and so one day me and my friend Eric binge. And, uh, and we, he lived a few houses down from me, and we did everything together, and, and we, we got bored one day. It was a summer day. It was hot. And we got bored, and we, were, uh, we had already visited all the construction sites around. We had already pillaged through all of their dumpsters and gotten all the stuff that we needed to build our next fort, and we decided, you know what? Let's do something. Let's have a contest. And we said, let's see who can throw uh, the rock the furthest over the two-story house that was being built right across from Eric's house. And Eric was like, I'll bet you that I can throw one further than you. And, and he's like, I'll bet you, you know, like a Yoo-Hoo or something. I'll bet you that I can take this rock and I can toss it over the house. It doesn't touch the roof and it'll make it to the other side. I said, all right, deal on, let's do it. And so, uh, so he grabbed his rock, he chucked it and it, it made it to the roof and it hit the top of the roof and kind of rolled down. And I said, I got this. And so I like wound up my arm. Like I was like a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, right? Like I was winding up, James, that was for you. I was winding up and, uh, and, I, and I let that rock go and I launched it. And man, that thing was going at rapid speeds. It was like a rocket soaring through the air, but it peaked too soon, right? Like it peaked too soon and it, it went right through the second story window, and of that house and glass shattered. And Eric and I, we, we, uh, we scattered out of there like sprayed cockroaches. Like we were scattering out to our homes. Like I think he ran to his house, I ran to my house. Uh, we didn't want to, we were looking around to see if anybody saw us and, uh, and broken glasses everywhere and we were freaking out. And my mom, somehow, and I'm not sure how, but she found out. My mom always found out, right? Like, my mom found out, and the next day, she marched me down to the, to the home and forced me to confess my crime to the construction workers. And in doing so, she taught me the value of integrity, of doing the right thing. And that's what she did. She had a conversation with me. So this was Saturday. Sunday, we had a little day off, but I knew the construction workers were coming on Monday. And she said, Rick, you got to do the right thing. She's like, you are going to go down there and you are going to tell them what you did, and and she taught me the value of integrity. Now you might be wondering, well, what exactly is integrity? And and when we consider Daniel. So when you're looking at the book of Daniel and you look at the the themes of Daniel and one of the overarching themes that we talked about in the first five uh, chapters of Daniel is God is in control, right? We've talked about that. Uh, We're going to see that again today. But one of the themes is this idea of integrity that Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego as buddies, they, they display integrity throughout the first six chapters of the book of Daniel. In chapter one, Daniel showed integrity when he was resolved to live a godly life, right? Like he was resolved. He drew the line in the sand. He was going to live a life of integrity. He wasn't going to bow down or back down from his values. And he chose to draw the line in the sand. In chapter two, he displayed integrity when he interpreted the dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And he he, he did it in a way that was honest and respectful. And he he did it with integrity. In chapter three, we see Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They showed that they had integrity when they refused to worship Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Remember that nine foot statue, 90 foot statue, that huge thing, 90 foot by nine feet wide. And they refused. Even though they knew it would cause them to go into the fiery furnace, they had integrity. And they said, I will not, I will not worship any God, but my God. And then in Daniel four and five, we saw that Daniel had humility and he had respect and people of integrity, people of integrity are always humble people. They're always humble people, and they respect the things of God. And that's what Daniel showed us and revealed to us in chapters 4 and 5. And, and so today, as we open up chapter 6 of Daniel, and you've been waiting for this the whole time. And as soon as we talked about Daniel, he's like, when are we getting to the lion's den? Like, when are we going to talk about the lion's den? Well, it's today. You're here, all right? You made it. You've arrived. We're going to talk about the lion's den today. But, uh, but the actual word integrity, it comes from the Latin word, which means integer, an integer uh, means to be whole or to be a complete number, to not be lacking. And when describing integrity, it means one value, one's values and one's identity is whole and complete. That, that's what integrity means. And so for our purposes, I want us to think about integrity in this way as we look at Daniel chapter 6. I want you to think of integrity is the ability to make a wise, humble, and courageous decision when faced with a test. The truth is this, that we make decisions all the time. You and I, daily, we make decisions all the time. Research scientists say that we make up to 35,000 decisions a day. Now that's a lot of decisions, right? But, and, and even if they're wrong and we only make 1,000 decisions a day, here's what I want. I want those 1,000 decisions to be wise and to be humble and to be create, courageous decisions Because what I've learned along the way is this, that the simple decisions that I make have long-term consequences. Think about that. The simple decisions that you and I make on a daily basis have long-term consequences. And so here's the truth of this week. The truth is this, that integrity is hard. That's the reality, that's the truth. Like you might wanna just write it down. Integrity is hard. It's hard to be true. It's hard to be honest and it's hard to be authentic all the time. But I want us to be people of integrity and to, do, and, and to do what we have to know what it is. And to do that, we have to know what it is. Got my words mixed up. So if we're going to live a life of integrity and it's hard and we want to do it, we got to know what it is. And so integrity is displaying wisdom. It's displaying humility. It's displaying courage when faced with a hard decision when faced with a test. And this morning, we're gonna talk about some of those tough decisions that you have to be, that you have to make that you might be faced with on a regular basis. Now, many, as we look at Daniel 6, and just to kind of catch you up, many believe, uh, biblical scholars, and it's pretty obvious that Daniel 6 is the last chapter of the historical part of Daniel. Starting next week, it gets more uh, into prophecies. And next week is going to be, uh, it's going to be what, if y'all love like Revelation, you're going to love the rest of it because it's, it's all the, that kind of stuff. But up until that, from now, it's a very historical book. And so here is the, the final or the conclusion of Daniel, the historical part. And, and it reveals to us how as Christ, followers, uh, as Christ followers, how we should respond when faced with a horrible outcome in a culture that is anti-God. Like when you have to make a decision, when the the culture's values don't match up with your values, and you have to make a really hard decision, integrity plays a huge part in that. And so for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was the fiery furnace, right? It was the decision to say, I'm not going to worship another god. I'm not going to worship a false god, even if it means that we have to go into the fiery furnace. That was integrity. For Daniel, it was being tossed into the lion's den. And I think that there are some lessons, some life lessons that we can learn uh, here in Daniel 6 uh, and that we can take with us as we strive to live this life of integrity. And so if you have your Bibles, let's just open them up to Daniel chapter 6. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. And while you're doing that, let me just catch us up uh, in Daniel chapter 5, last week, we concluded with, uh, with the end of the Babylon captivity, Babylonian captivity. And remember, the Medes and the Persians came, and they took over the Babylonian empire. And, uh, and so we talked about that last week, and we talked about how Belshazzar, the king of the time, uh, the grandson, if you will, of Nebuchadnezzar, refused, refused to listen to God. And the writing was on the wall. Remember, it was literally on the wall. The writing was on the wall and the captives of the, the Babylonian captives were set free. The, the, the Medes and the Persians let them go back to their own countries. And now here's what happens next in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 6. It says, it pleased Darius, the new king, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over all of these 120 satraps. One of them who was Daniel. And so Daniel is one of the top three. Just keep that in mind. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. And so we get this idea from Daniel chapter uh, 6, chapter uh, verse 1, that Daniel's probably some like tax collector. or He's some controller of the finances. And that's his job. And and, in this job, integrity, was crucial, right? Like, so if you're like a tax person, if you're an accountant or if you're a controller, a uh, financial controller of a business, uh, if, you, if you hold the purse strings, guess what? There's some accountability there and it's really important that that person be a person of integrity. And oftentimes we don't hear of the people of integrity in the news, we hear of the people that don't have integrity, right? Like that have embezzled thousands of dollars from companies uh, because they did not have integrity, but Daniel is one of those people. He's controlling the books. He's, he's, he's watching over the money. And here's what it says in verse 3. It says, now Daniel so distinguished himself. So if, if, if you want to, I'd underline that. So Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. And at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but it says they were unable to do so. And so the people around him, they're jealous of him. He is an outsider. He is a foreigner and they're jealous of, his, of his, um, uh, how he has distinguished himself and how he has worked his way up and they're like we've got to get rid of this guy like he is a goody 2 shoes He is making all of us look bad and they just they began to find a way to get rid of him. But it says that they couldn't do it. They could not find any grounds to charge against him. And it says this and, and as we continue on it says in verse uh, 4 it says they could not find no corru- they could find no corruption in him. Integrity. Because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent so Daniel was distinguished Daniel had a reputation for being a man of integrity they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and 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 he was neither corrupt it says nor negligent and I wonder could the same be said about you and me could the people around us say the same things about us? Could your family say the same things about you? Could, could your friends say that? Could your neighborhood say that? Could your work say that? That there is no corruption or negligence in you. Verse five, it goes on, it says, finally, these men, these men that were trying to uh, nail Daniel to the wall, it says, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Such an important passage right there because they knew the only way they could take Daniel down was to exploit his faith that he was such a man of integrity, that he was always doing the right thing. Even when no one else was watching, he was doing the right thing. His life was an integer. It was whole and complete. And they said, the only way, the only way that we're going to trip him up is we, if you we exploit his faith. And so what they did in the story, you may be familiar with it, is they created a law. They created a law where for 30 days, the only person that you could pray to was King Darius. And, and, and if you didn't pray to King Darius in those 30 days, that you would be sent to the lion's den. And they did this because they knew that they could take advantage of the king's new reign. He was brand new in his reign. And they're like, we can do this. We can, we can take advantage of that. And we could also take advantage of the king's pride and ego and use it against him. And so King Darius agrees and makes it a law. He's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's make it a law. He's like, just get us a little bigger. He's like, yeah, man, let's make this a law that the the, the kingdom can only pray to me for 30 days. And as we will see, Daniel proved to have integrity and remained resolved and remained faithful to God even at his old age, and even knowing the consequences of being thrown into the lion's den. And so what are some lessons that we can take from Daniel this morning? I think the first lesson is this, and it's a hard one, but it's an important one, that integrity starts today that integrity starts today. It begins now, wherever you're listening from, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online or maybe you're watching this later on during the week, integrity begins today. Start living a life of integrity right now. Now, I want to say, and what I did say to the children is this, that I want to say that start living a life of integrity when you are young. But the reality is that some of us are not young anymore, right? And some of us have made some bad decisions or bad choices along the way. But today, and hear me when I say this, today is a new day. And it's a fresh opportunity to allow God's Spirit to speak to you and allow you to realize that maybe it's today that you need to start living a life of integrity If there ever was a theme verse in the book of Daniel, I think it would have to be Daniel 1.8. And we've read this a few times, but remember in Daniel 1.8, Daniel's just a young man. He's just a teenager. And and when he is faced with a hard decision, when he's faced with a huge test in Daniel chapter 1, how does he respond? Well, here's what it says. It says in Daniel 1.8, just to remind you, it says, but Daniel resolved. In other words, Daniel was committed to, At the young age that he was, maybe 15 or 16, he was committed to living a life of integrity. It says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine. You see, Daniel started living a life of integrity at a young age. Someone invested in Daniel at a young age and taught him to do the right thing. When my mom was teaching me to do the right thing, she started at a young age, She said, Rick, you're going to have to do the right thing. It's not going to be fun. You may have to pay for the window, but you're going to do the right thing. You see, there's a lot of decisions that you and I make when we are young that impact the rest of our lives. Uh, Who your friends are, the decisions that you make about your friends, the decisions that you make about where you'll go to school, the decisions that you make about whether you're going to be a party person or not, all of those decisions impact your life. You make all of these decisions, these important decisions, when you are young, and they impact the direction of your life later on. And I think of a few examples in the Bible. Like there's, there's no shortage of examples of people who lived a life of integrity at a young age. I think of Joseph. I mean, you, if you remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, that's the dude with all the different color robe, right? Uh, not Joseph, uh, the father of Jesus, but that Joseph. And, and I think of him, and I think about how he was captive just like Daniel was. I think about how his brothers sold him into slavery because they just couldn't deal with him. And, and they sold him into slavery, but God rewarded him because he had a different type of spirit. And he was put in charge of Potiphar's home, King Potiphar. You think, of, remember that, because he had integrity. And, and maybe you know the story because we all remember it from Sunday school where Potiphar's wife kept hitting on him, right, again and again and again, because Joseph was a handsome guy. And, and then the king's wife, she got bored as she starts hitting on Daniel over and over and over again. And, and, and he says to Potiphar's wife, Joseph says, I can't get with you because Potiphar has entrusted me with his kingdom and you are a part of that kingdom and I am a person of integrity. But then he said something way more powerful than that. Here's what Joseph said. He said these words. He said, How could I do such a wicked thing against my God? That's integrity. That's what integrity looks like. How could I do such a wicked thing against my God? He chooses a life of integrity. It reminds me of a passage of Scripture, Psalm 119, that says these words. It says, and these are words that I think that if you have children or grandchildren, you might want to write this passage down. It says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? You see, our children and our grandchildren need to know the word of God if they are going to stay on a path of purity and integrity. And we talk about here, one of our core values is thinking legacy, right? Like that's what we say. We say we always want to be raising up the next generation to love and to know God. And so what does that look like? It looks like you as parents and as grandparents spending time pouring the word of God into your children and your grandchildren. So Joseph, at a young age, was a man of integrity. Then there's Jeremiah. He was, called, a young, he was uh, called as a young man to be a prophet, a spokesperson for God. And, and in his story, he cries out to God. He's like, God, how can I be your spokesperson? I'm just a boy. Like, I'm just a kid. I, I just live on, 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 on you know, Jericho Street, and I'm, I'm not very special. But Jeremiah makes an important decision that he is going to trust God with his life. He's like, okay, I'm, I don't get it, God. Like, I don't see what you see in me, but I'm going to choose to follow you and I'm going to be a person of integrity. And let me tell you that Jeremiah's story is the complete opposite of Daniel's story. Like, Jeremiah, his journey was not an easy journey at all. As a matter of fact, he's known as the weeping prophet. Like, Jeremiah's life was a life of hardship. And, and he's the one that wrote the book of Lamentations. And if you haven't read Lamentations, it's just like one sad story after another. And that's because Jeremiah's life was like that. He had so much pain and he had so much suffering. But as a young boy, he made a decision to follow God and to live a life of integrity, no matter what. And then a final example that I think of in the Bible that jumped out at me is is the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she was so full of integrity. Like she was such an amazing woman of integrity when you think about it. And because when you think about integrity, you think about pureness, right? And you think about holiness. And I want you to imagine being a virgin and an angel comes to you and says, hey, guess what? You're going to be pregnant. And, uh, and it's going to be a holy pregnancy, by the way. And God is going to overshadow you. And I'd be like, what are you talking about, Willis? I'd be like, are you crazy? Like, that's just impossible. And and so at the end, uh, the angel comes to Mary when she hears this news, this good news, right? Because the angel says, I have good news. And I'm sure Mary's walking away like, how was that good news, right? But but she hears this good news. And afterwards, the angel says, uh, comes and comforts her. And I love Mary's response. This shows her integrity. She says, I'm a servant of God. And she says, I'm going to trust it is what you say it is, and I'm going to move forward in my life with faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to live a life of integrity. You see, here's something you need to know integrity starts early. So if you're a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa or aunt or uncle, now is the time to start teaching your children integrity. Teach them. But if you're my age or you're older than me, realize that it's never too late. Listen to me. It's never too late to become a person of integrity. Integrity begins today. The second truth about living a life of integrity that you need to know is that you need to distinguish yourself. You need to distinguish yourself. We need to distinguish ourselves as followers of Jesus we need to be different, church, from the crowd. It's just time. It's time for Christians to start stepping up and to start living a life of integrity and living a life that is different from the crowd around us. And notice what Daniel chapter 6, verse 3 says. It says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. You see, Daniel had already proved himself time and time again but in it, throughout his life, but he continued, listen to me, he continued to make himself distinguished. He was different from everyone else who was trying to climb the ladder alongside of him. He was so distinguished that everyone knew that he was different. And all he was trying to do, all Daniel was trying to do his entire life was to make wise, humble, and courageous decisions. But notice what it says. It says he was distinguished among all others because of his exceptional qualities. And as a result, here's the benefit. The king said he was gonna set him over at all. He was an outsider, but he rose to the top because of his exceptional qualities. The, the English Standard Version of the Bible says this. It says that he rose to the top because an exceptional spirit was in him. I love that phrase, that an exceptional spirit was in him. And we need to ask ourselves the question today, is there an exceptional spirit in me? Like, is the way I conduct my life different from the rest of the world? Is there an exceptional spirit in you? As a Christ follower, like I said, we need to be constantly asking ourselves, does my family look at me? Like I need to ask myself, does my family look at me and say, Rick has an exceptional spirit in him? Uh, does my, do my coworkers look at me and say, Rick has an exceptional spirit in him? Is it true for you? Do your, does your family look at you and say, there's something different about you? Do your coworkers look at you and say, "There's just something different about you." Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, those on the sports team, those at school, are they looking at you and saying, "There's an excellent spirit about you. There's something different about you." There are two ways that I think that we can have an exceptional spirit within us. And the first one is this, we need to be consistent with our character. I think this is a big deal for us, that we need to be consistent in our character, that the values that you live by, that the ones that you've drawn a line in the sand, we talked about that in week one, we got to know what our values are, and we got to draw the line and say, these are the things that I'm resolved to do. And so I ask you, are you being consistent in those? Are you being consistent on a day-to-day basis to saying, I've drawn the line in the sand. These are the things that I value, and I'm not going to sway. I'm not going to drift away from them. You see, Daniel lived a life of consistency in his character. And we need to decide, what are those things? What are those things that we want to be different about in our life? And it can be simple things. It can be, you know what? Uh, I'm going to choose not to drink in public. I'm going to choose not to be a stumbling block to anyone else It could be, I'm not gonna go to rated R movies or I'm not gonna watch rated R movies. It could be, I'm gonna treat my spouse with respect. Whatever it is, you need to decide now how you will be different. Because here's what I know, that if you fail to decide now, you will fall later. That if you don't decide now what those character traits in your life are gonna be and that you're gonna be consistent in those character traits, if you don't decide now, if you fail to do it now, you will fall later. Integrity is hard. It's not easy. But if we are going to finish strong like Daniel, we must choose to be consistent in our character now. We see an example of this in Daniel's life in verse 10. It says, now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, the decree that said, if you don't uh, pray, you can only pray to King Darius for the next 30 days. And if you don't do that, you're gonna be thrown into the lion's den. He says, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window was open towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to who? His God. Not to Darius, not to Darius." but to his God, just, it says, just as he had done the day before that and the day before that and the day before that and the day before that, because he lived a life of consistency. You see, integrity doesn't just happen overnight. It just does you can't just go here up here today and you can't just come up to the prey and say, I'm going to live a life of consistency and then not do anything about it. It's hard work and it's something that we have to do every day. It requires discipline. It's consistency. It's making wise and humble and courageous decisions that there is nothing that is going to destroy your fellowship with God or with Jesus and that nothing is going to put out the flame of the Holy Spirit in your heart. That's a daily thing. You have to wake up every day with the commitment and saying, nothing is going to sway me from the values that I have made and nothing is going to extinguish the flame of the Holy Spirit within me. Again, Daniel was probably in his 70s, and he is finishing strong. He's like, listen, he's like Paul. He's like, I'm pressing forward. I'm going to finish the race, and I'm going to finish it strong. And how did he do it? He was consistent. Number two, people with strong spirits have accountability. They do. They just have accountability. And let me just tell you, we need to be accountable, we need people who are going to hold us accountable. I'm not talking about someone who says, man, you know, I really struggled the other day. I, I was tempted to tell a lie. And, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so bad. I'll pray for you. That's not accountability. Like, that's just having coffee, right? Accountability is like, I got to tell you, I was tempted. And when I saw that girl walk by, I was tempted. And, it, and I struggled with it. And the other person saying, listen, we need, to, we need to figure out a way to help you to overcome this, that this is no joke, and we're going to get on our knees right now, and we're going to pray, and you're going to repent of your sin, and we're going to hold you accountable to that. And the next time that happens, you call me, and we'll pray over the phone together. That's accountability. Like, accountability is taking it to the next step. It's not saying, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so sad. I'll pray for you. That's having coffee. I mean, let's just be real. That's not accountability. And so we need relationships in our life that hold us accountable. And you look at leaders, you look at any leader, you look at Christian leaders, you look at other leaders, worldly leaders, you look at them, and here's the reality, that those that have messed up, it's often because of the lack of accountability. You look at, uh, you look at mega church pastors who have fallen, and there's no shortage of them, unfortunately. And you look at mega pastors who have fallen, and the reality is that they've fallen because they didn't have accountability in their life. They didn't have people intentionally in their lives that were holding them accountable. And so we need accountability. Strong spirits require consistency in character and accountability in their lives. Now the third truth that we learned from Daniel about living a life of integrity is this. Decisions determine the direction of your life. Decisions determine the direction of your life. The decisions you're making today, the decisions that you make in the next hour will set the course for your life in the future. And here's something that we need to remember. And I think this is so important. It's not on the screen. I would write it down. I'll say it slowly. But here's what I think we all need to remember, that every decision leads to an action and every action leads to a destination. Just think about that for a minute. I'll say it again. Every decision leads to an action and every action leads to a destination. And what does that mean? The decisions you make now determine your destination later. The decisions you make today affect the direction of your life. Again, 35,000 decisions in your life every day. There's no minor decision. In fact, I think the minor decisions probably lead the way for major decisions that you need to make in life. And somebody may not know the decisions that you make. Someone may not know that, that you make a decision to get up a little extra early to read your Bible. Somebody may not know that, uh, that at work that you take 10 minutes out of your workday to stop and to pray. But God knows because God knows you and you are able, and are you able to look in the mirror? Like, think about this. Are you able to look in the mirror and to understand that when a test comes your way, that is a really major test that you'll make the right decision because of the small decisions you've already made? Because every decision impacts your life, big or small, they all impact your life. And I think some of us in here have some Daniel decisions that we need to make today. For example, some of you have a financial integrity decision to make. I'm not talking about taxes and I'm not talking about tithing. Uh, It's bigger than that. I'm I'm saying the decision you need to make is who are you trusting with your finances? who are you trusting with your finances? Are you viewing your finances as it's all God because God owns it all and you're just a manager and, and you're going to make the best decisions with, the money that, with your money that you can make because it's God's money, not yours? For some of you, it might be sexual integrity and, and you need to decide that you're going to be people of purity and you're going to be people of uh, integrity sexually. Some of you, it's relational integrity like it, it may be a mom or a son, a daughter and a dad and a daughter. Friendships, uh, it might be whatever. But those integ- integrity in those relationships, it might be worship relationships or church relationships. We need to make sure that our relationships are honest and authentic. And I could go on and on and on. It's like there's vocational integrity. What you do at work matters. Like don't separate the sacred and the secular. Your work matters. Your work is your mission field. And I would even say your job is way more important than my job because you are representing God and his kingdom in the world. Like you have people that you are influencing that I could never influence as a pastor. Your job is important, so don't get in the temptation of separating the sacred from the secular. So whatever your decision is, make sure that your integrity is there. That you are keeping in touch with God through the spiritual disciplines like reading your Bible, fasting, spending time in prayer, being quiet, listening, all of those things. Because here's the reality that we need to remember is that decisions determine the destiny of your life. Finally, the last thing I want to say is this when all is said and done, when all is said and done, we need to obey God and let Him control the outcome. Too, Too many times we're trying to control the outcome too many times we're trying to get the home run. But did you know that batters miss more than they hit? And we got to let God control the outcome. You got to let God control. This one is so hard that we have to let go, right? And let God control the outcome. So how does the story end for Daniel? We know it, but let me just remind you, the story ends with Daniel uh, refusing to pray to King Darius and because of that he's thrown into the lion's den and, and for uh, refusing to pray and we even see King Darius it's interesting that King Darius prays and fasts for Daniel he didn't want to do it but he didn't also want to look like a fool because he didn't have integrity and so he prays that Daniel would be rescued from the lion's den and then we find Daniel at the end of the story, safe and sound, right? And he's among the lions and he's singing, In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lions sleep. Right? That's what he's doing. Like he's chilling with the lions because he was a man of integrity and because God was watching out for him and God controls the outcome. You see, church, you need to hear this. God cares about people when they are in difficult situations and God cares about you. He cares about you and you have difficult decisions to make. And in those moments we must obey God and we must let him determine the outcome. Not everyone in the Bible, this is this is not great news, but not everyone in the Bible who obeyed God was rescued from the fiery furnace or rescued from the lion's den. But that's God's choice. And here's what we must learn. We must learn to trust God with the outcome. We must trust God and obey his voice because here's what I've learned over the years. I'm only 52 and here's what I've learned at the age of 52 is that God knows what's best for me better than I know what's best for me. He does. He knows what's best for you better than what you do. And living a life of integrity, well, It begins today. And I'm asking you to choose to distinguish yourself from the rest of the world. Never forget that every decision leads to a destination. And when all is said and done, obey God and let him control the outcome. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. Lord, we have learned so much from Daniel and we're only about halfway there. And God, what a man of integrity. Lord, what a man that reminds us of what it means to live a life that is resolved, to live a life that counts on you for wisdom, to live a life of humility, to live a life of integrity. And Father, many of us in this room, we've made one, two, three hundred bad decisions just in the last few hours. And Father, help us, empower us. Will your Holy Spirit convict us to choose to live a life of integrity, to make the courageous and the wise and the humble decisions, and to trust you with the outcome. Lord, too often we want to take control of our lives. Too often we want to look like everyone else when you call us to do the exact opposite. You call us to look different. You call us to be different. And you call us to trust you with the outcome. Father, in the next few days, would you just keep in the front of our mind that every decision leads to an action and every action leads to a destination. So Father, whatever decision we make, may we pause and may we ask you, what is the decision that you want me to make, Lord? And may we follow through with that. May we be resolved to follow you in every decision. It's hard, Lord. We're human. We got flesh and bones. We make bad decisions. Lord, I'm so thankful that you are a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, hundred choices, chances. And God, you give us grace. But Lord, you've called us to live a life of integrity. So may we start start the journey today or may we continue the journey of integrity. In your name we pray, amen.